My name is Emily Lehman, and this is In Lehman's Terms podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I have my good friend Paris Prinkovich here, and she is going to discuss all things mental health and annihilating the stigma. How are you today, Paris? I am great, Emily. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience, give yourself a little background so they kind of know a little bit about you. Okay, awesome. Well, hey guys, uh, my name is Paris. Like she said, I am the host of the Master Your Mental podcast, formerly called the Crooked Illness podcast. I just made that transition to update the name for season two and moving forward. But my podcast is all about kind of getting into how we can leverage and shift our mindsets to really take the best possible care of our mental health. And I kind of got into that because my background is really heavily into psychology. But, you know, aside from that, just my own personal experiences and struggles that I've dealt with with bipolar disorder that I'm going to be getting into um, here on the show with you guys today. So that's a little short intro. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's super important that you and myself were out here trying to annihilate and like destigmatize what surrounds mental health and bipolar, depression, anxiety, addiction, whatever it may be. I feel like there's such a big stigma and we're out here trying to destigmatize that. So it's really nice to meet someone who's trying to accomplish the same goals, do the same things that you're doing. So what is one way that you maintain a healthy and well-balanced lifestyle while juggling other like mental health issues? Yeah, I love that question. So really what I do is I have a really good morning routine. So I like to kind of stick to that. But I also um, the biggest thing I like to do in the mornings when I get up is just journal. So I actually fell in love with it so much to the point where I actually created my own. It's a free 28 day uh, gratitude journal and everyone can get a copy. Um, It's in my bio. If you follow me on Instagram, it's master your mental. You can click it, get the free copy. And there's also a community that goes along with it on Facebook um, there as well. But I, I like doing that because it really just helps me start my day on the best foot possible instead of waking up and just instantly going, you know, to feeling so overwhelmed or stressed out or, you know, worrying about things you have to do that day. So instead of like getting into that mindset, cause I know how easy that can be, especially like before I did journaling, I just like to kind of start my day like that. And then sometimes I also like to end my day that way as well. So kind of just reflect on the day, um, you know, kind of talk about, you know, what was good about today? Like, why was today a good day? You know, what was great about the week or just kind of do a nice overview. Cause I feel like it helps, uh, keep me in a, in a good mindset or state of mind. Um, but of course, you know, I still always, I, no one's perfect. You know, no one's going to wake up and always all the time be excited and happy. And we're going to have those days, you know, when we wake up and we are, we're not feeling it, you know, we're not in the best mood or the best space. Um, and also what helps me on those days is just understanding that and like having awareness of it and giving myself grace for that and not, you know, like continuing to beat myself and be like, Oh, like, why am I in such a bad mood? Like, why can't I just like get over it? Blah, blah, blah. You know, doing that instead of doing that, I say, okay, you know, obviously like, you know, today's not (laughs) the best day, but you know, I'm here, you know, I'm trying to do these things and, you know, just have some, have grace with yourself. So I would say probably those, um, are some good tips, you know, just having grace with yourself, doing your gratitude journal, um, and just sticking to a good morning routine is, uh, probably my top three that really kind of helped me stay in a good, uh, state of mind. 
Yeah, I typically will wake up and I'll write down the tasks I need to accomplish today. So it's like if I I know I get them done, I need to like it helps me just like kind of stay on track Mm -hmm. and I journal as well. So that's amazing. You so you said you were bipolar. Would you like to tell the audience when you were diagnosed with bipolar, what that means for you, what your day to day routine is having? I, I'm not really that familiar with bipolar, so I would yeah, love to, I would love to it. Yeah, I'd love to get into that. So for me, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder at 19 years old. Um, that was during my hospitalization. So I was hospitalized for two weeks. And during that time, I got the diagnosis. But prior to that, at 16, I was actually misdiagnosed with depression. And for me at the time, you know, when I got the diagnosis of bipolar, I was relieved, but also really guilty about it. Cause I felt like I was just, you know, frustrated with myself that I wasn't able to come out of that on my own or really deal with that on my own. Um, cause it kind of got to the extent where, yeah, I, I needed to be in a facility. Cause I was not doing well. I was, I was suicidal. I was not happy. I had a lot of things that I was not dealing with in terms of like unresolved trauma and just, you know, kind of continuing to really just live in this facade of everything's great. You know, everything's okay. And all that kind of stuff. But when I internally, I just was not dealing with anything. I was kind of pushing it away and kind of just like trying to ignore it. Maybe, you know, I'll, be able to move on from this or whatever it may be. And I really did not know how to do that at the time. I didn't know, I didn't feel comfortable, you know, getting into those conversations. Cause I had a, I associated like a really big stigma, you know, like we were talking about earlier with, with the diagnosis. So, um, yeah. And it just was, it, it wasn't a fun time at all in my life, but I was, I'm actually grateful for it because it's really what has helped me, you know, be able to connect on, so many levels with other people who also have kind of struggled with this as well. Um, and I feel like if it wasn't for that, and if it wasn't for, you know, the things that I went through in terms of like struggling really badly with my mental health, then I really don't think that I'd be here today with you, you know, on this, on this podcast, I probably would not have have a podcast either. Um, but it was difficult for sure because I wasn't, um, even coming out of the hospital, it was hard to kind of like readjust back to, normal life, I guess you could say, because when you're in there, it's like a very strict schedule, you know, like you eat this time, you have like 30 minutes of going outside. You don't have your phone. You don't have, you know, basically access to the outside world other than, you know, you you're allowed to call people sometimes, um, with the phones and things like that, but you're basically, you know, kind of in this place and, you know, trying to, work on yourself or whatever it may be. And it's really challenging just because, you know, for my, um, for my experience, I write about it in my book a lot, which, um, we're going to talk about. So I'm planning to release that, um, sometime the end of the year, but I basically talk about like, what was this transition like for me, like going literally from, you know, being in a hospital, like struggling so badly, literally from inside those walls and then coming out of that place, And then I went back to, uh, I was back in college, you know, I was still stayed in college even during that time, but I graduated. And what I ended up doing was actually going back and I accepted my first job at the exact same clinic where I was a patient at. So (laughs) it was, it was pretty, pretty, like a kind of crazy transition, honestly, like going from this, this place to, you know, going back and, and serving other people, but I really love it. And I'm so grateful for 
you know, all of it, you know, even those bad days and those hard times, because they've really taught me such valuable lessons in terms of like how to navigate this. Like, what do you do when you're not in a good spot? And it just, it's, I feel like it's really helped me be able to help other people and kind of like connect the dots for them and like, kind of like help restore both restore hope back into them. If they feel, you know, they've lost it in terms of, you know, getting good care for their mental health or opening up about it. So that's why I just love these kind of conversations. Cause it's like my favorite. It's a, I love getting into this and, you know, sharing a little bit about my story with you guys and all of it. So love it. <laughs> okay. That is crazy that you got your first job back at that treatment center. I mean, the universe, yes. how freaking crazy she works in mysterious ways. That's so, so cool. And like how rewarding I'm sure to be able to go back to that place in such a good mental place that you're in and be able to help others. I mean, wow. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> I loved it, but I honestly can tell you, I was also really afraid as well. Cause I remember kind of, I even, I, re- I have a scene about this in the book, like my job interview going in there. I was, I was, I felt like I was ready for it, but at the same time, I still had that stigma. I did not Um, because I didn't tell anybody, you know, I didn't tell people like, Hey, you know, I was hospitalized and I was, I'm diagnosed bipolar and I, you know, take the same medication that you take and all these things. I didn't do that because I felt like if I did do that, then I might be judged or looked at in, you know, I kind of felt almost like a fraud, you know, like, what are you doing here? Like working here, like you're, you're not, you shouldn't be, that's kind of how I would feel. And I would tell, I would try to like, not do that. But I had a lot of just like negative self-talk that I would do and kind of like, it was really hard, you know, to kind of like defeat that. But I, but I knew that, you know, that was where I wanted to be. That was where I belonged because, you know, I even would work with people who were literally my roommates when I was in the hospital. I wanted to, I wanted to tell them like, Hey, listen, like, you know, thank you so much for, you know, doing what you did for me when I was in there, like, you know, helping me out and taking care of me. But at the same time, like, you know, it's like, you're not supposed to do that. Like, this is your job. You can't be like doing this. And like, and that's what they would tell, like working there too. They would say, Hey, like, don't get too personal, you know, like don't share too much about yourself. But I really didn't like it. You know, I was like, Oh man, like, I wish I could like open up more and like share more of myself, like with, with the people I'm working with. Cause I feel like that, you know, really would have helped them a lot more, you know, just to kind of show them like, Hey, look, you know, um, this was a situation I was in, but you know, now I, here I am, you know, working here and, you know, connecting with you. So I feel like that would have been more impactful, but I just was really afraid. Like I was, I had this fear of, oh my gosh, like everyone's going to judge me. And like, they're going to be like, what is she doing? Like, how did you get a job here? Like you were literally a patient here, like when you were 19 and now you're working here. And I would feel that way a lot. Cause I would actually run into people who were still with the company and they were, literally, I remember the orientation I went to the first day I saw my old case manager and she was actually my case manager when I was in the hospital. And I remember like literally being on the floor, like in tears all the time. And she was there and, you know, would talk, talk with me. And I remember she saw me in the orientation room and was like, Oh my gosh, like you look so familiar. Like, have you worked here before? And I literally just was like, I was like, I was like, okay, maybe she does remember me, but she, but of course you can't just come out and be like, oh, hey, like you, like I used, it's like, you can't, you know, do that, I guess. But so I was like, oh no, like, you know, I've never worked here before. Uh, It's my first day. And I just really wanted, I just wanted to scream and be like, I was 
in this position and now, like, but it's like, you can't, I just, I didn't like it, you know, but I loved, I really loved it. Like being able to be there and just work with people like of all ages, like people who are like 19, like me to like 72. And it was awesome for sure. And I just, I love it so much. And just, you know, just the environment that, you know, I was in being able to do that, um, honestly did a lot, not just for, for me, but just my mental health as well. So. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like it's also kind of therapeutic as well in a way, you know, you're able to give back and help others, which is, you know, doing this podcast for me is therapeutic in a way. So I'm sure you got some type of those vibes from doing that as well. So that's, that's really cool. That is so, I can't get over that. That's the first place that you work. That's so funny. I know it is. It is pretty crazy. Like reflecting back on that, but I feel like, you know, when you really, when we're really doing this and like having these conversations, like you said, you know, this is really therapeutic for me and still is, you know, to this day, like being able to come on here because the old me would have never done this. Like you could not have like convinced me enough. Like I was, I was so afraid. I was like, there's no way that I can like go on a a podcast or an interview and talk about this. Cause I'm like, I felt like when, if people find out this about me, then they're not going to look at me the same, or maybe they don't want to be my friend, or maybe they're going to be like, she's out of control. Like I had all these thoughts that I would tell myself on a daily basis that really like just created this narrative in my head where like, you need to stay stuck because if you try to move forward, you are going to get criticized or cut down or no one's going to understand you. So it was really hard. And honestly, like I really had to spend years working on that. Like it wasn't just like an, like an overnight thing where I woke up and I'm like, Hey guys, like I have a podcast now. And like, I talk about this. It took me like years to build up to that. It was, it was a lot. (laughs) No, I totally can relate to you on that. I mean, I am typically a pretty shy, like introverted at type of person I keep to myself. I, when I would go shopping with my mom as a kid, I couldn't even ask the shopping people for like a dressing room, like that type of anxiety. So yeah, Mm -hmm. for me to, or for us to be sitting here, I have no, you're a stranger basically to me, but to be sitting here and having these open like connections and these dialogues, I never would have thought I would be here doing this, but yeah, exactly. It took me years. Like it doesn't, for people who are listening, it doesn't happen overnight. Like this isn't like a, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and everything's great and everything's fixed. You do have to put in the work and it's like Paris said, it does take time. So just keep working at it and you'll get there. I don't want anyone to think or like be discouraged, but it does take time to figure out how to maneuver and, talk about your traumas and things you've been through and how to navigate those things. It's all very important. So yeah, no, I love it. With being bipolar, how do you handle your day-to-day stress? Oh my gosh. I love, I love that. You ask such good questions, but for me, like what I do is I kind of, kind of like similar to what I said before, kind of with the morning, your team, but especially with stress, like I love to talk to either my dad um, or my boyfriend and kind of like, let them know like, Hey, like this is what I'm going through right now. Like, this is like the mood I'm in, like the state I'm in, like, this is what's happening. And really just be like fully transparent because the old me really struggle with that. Like I would remember, I remember when I would be going through a lot of difficult times, like I would keep it all inside myself and I would not share that, you know, even in therapy, like even when I was in therapy, I would literally go to therapy and just 
sit there and be like, everything's great. You know, like I'm in college right now, like I'm working two jobs right now, you know, this is how it is. And I didn't really use that time to dive deeper into the reason why I was actually there. You know, I kind of like, I was, I don't know like what the correct word is, but I just know that I, I didn't feel ready for that. So what honestly really helps me out the most is when I am feeling stress is like having those conversations with either, you know, my dad, my boyfriend or people who know me really well and who I'm like really comfortable with. So like letting them know, like, Hey, you know, you know, this is what's happening and this is what I'm dealing with right now. And like, you know, like what, you know, what, what can I do about this or kind of like get advice from them because they have, they always give really good advice and tips, um, for me on that. But yeah, just kind of being transparent about it. Cause the old me did not, did not know how to do that. Did not want to do that. And it is definitely made a huge difference for me in terms of like navigating stress is talking about it. And that's kind of, that's kind of why I made, uh, one of the pillars of, you know, the, the new podcast name master your mental, uh, T is talk about it. So that's why I made that because it's, I feel like it's such a big thing that can be really challenging at times to get into, but I feel like it's worth it. You know, if you, if you are able to do that and you feel comfortable doing that, it really helps a lot. Yeah. I think for, I mean, for me, communication has always been challenge. It's, it's very hard for me to like, I don't know why, but just to like say like how I'm feeling. It's like, the, I just, I don't know. I suppress a lot of stuff. So for those who are listening, how did you go from, you know, suppressing those feelings and hiding them away to being comfortable and talking to your dad or talking to your boyfriend or feeling comfortable in yourself to be like, okay, hi, like this is going on and I need help or I need Yeah. So what I did to really get in a place of where I'm comfortable with that was I started with myself. Right. So I first had to gain awareness of that because before I didn't even have like the awareness of when I was struggling because I kind of felt like back then at the time, like my whole life really was just a big struggle. I didn't I wasn't able to separate the, you know, moments when I was uh, feeling good and moments when I was I kind of Uh, it was almost like walking around just basically with this black cloud that just follows you everywhere and you can't get rid of it. You can't uh, work on that. So what I did is, you know, first like work to gain that awareness and say, okay, like I'm not in a good space right now. Like, and why? And then I started to journal on that. So I had a journal and I would just kind of write out whatever was in my mind, like whatever came to mind, I would sit there and I would write and write, and then I would go back and read it. And that actually helped me a lot because I feel like you know, when I have different thoughts about things, like those thoughts can sometimes go away and you might forget like what you were thinking about. So I write it down. I'm like, okay, like, you know, for example, like when I'm stressing out, like even with right now, like writing my book, like I had a lot of, you know, stress that came out from that. Cause I, and I didn't think that would happen. You know, I was like, Oh, like, you know, a lot of this stuff has happened 10 years ago. Right. So I'm like, I, you know, I've moved on from this, like, you know, I've done like years of therapy on this, but I literally remember like writing, like sitting there typing up this part of my book and being like, and going out and I'm like, I just need to go for a walk. And I went on a walk and I was just like crying and I'm like, why? And I, I was so mad at myself, but then I stepped back and was like, listen, like, you're human. Like it's, it's okay to like have these emotions and these feelings. Like you don't always need to be like, so in a good, in a good state or in a good mood, like that's, that's normal. Right. And I, I feel like that's really what helped me is like, first, like telling myself, like gaining the awareness of 
I'm struggling right now. Like I'm not doing well with this right now. I really want to like work on this. And then also like having grace with myself and then, you know, writing that down and kind of like helping myself work through it. And I feel like that's really what helped me like be comfortable opening up to, to like people closest to me. So like my dad, my boyfriend, or, you know, anyone who really, really knows me well. And I'm like, all right, like I can have this conversation, but I feel like I really had to like build up to that point. Cause I feel like if I just try to like jump into the conversation, I would have regretted it and been like, oh man, cause that's definitely happened to me where I've gotten into conversations and you know, try to open up about things. And then I would look back and be like, Oh, like I shouldn't have said that, you know, like, I feel like maybe I was like too open or maybe like I said, like, you know, cause I, I would always feel like I don't want to make the other person uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to say something, um, and like put them in a place where they're like, Oh, like, I don't know what to say back to her. Like, I don't, I never wanted to do that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just really kind of had to get that awareness and then kind of like work through that in terms of like, do I think that this conversation is going to help me move forward or do I think it's going to like keep me stuck? So really had to ask myself that question. And then I just, I just went and had those talks like with my dad and then with my boyfriend. But at first, when I first met my boyfriend, like I was, I had a wall, like I was like, I am not going to tell him like anything. And I'm like, that, that is not going to help, you know, like, cause I, cause it's like the more he tries to get to know me and I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I'm fine. You know, like, and it's like, no, like tell, like tell him like the truth and the reality. So that way, like he could be like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, she's really a person, you know, she's not just like this chick over here who's like, I'm good, you know, all the time. So yeah, like a robot. <laughs> no, totally. I, I think that's great. I mean, I journal a lot as well. I've found journaling to be so beneficial, just like in overcoming my addiction with drugs and things like that. It journaling is what really just helped me like keep like sane. I feel like even because, you know, you think things, but then when you write them down, it also kind of validates those feelings as well. Cause you know, I might not be feeling this in a little bit, but I still know that I did feel this way. So not to like make it go away and like shove it away. Mm -hmm. That has been very helpful for me because I am very good at just like, you know, pushing things down and like not worrying about them. So when I write them down, it's business. <laughs> it's like yes. serious, you know? <laughs> I love that. Cause I can relate to that a hundred percent. Just like trying to like push things out and be like, all right, like, just move on to that. It's like, that is it's not, fine. Okay. Yes. And it's not it's like, I mean, for me, like it just made, made things so much worse. Cause I was like, it was almost like I kind of became almost, I guess you could say like numb to feelings and experiences because I got, I've gotten so used to just like shutting down and like, all right, like I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. And I think that's really what was at the root of it is like, I didn't know how to start those conversations. Cause I was so in my head about them. Like, what if I say this and then, but it's like, what if you get judged and you're like, we're going to get judged no matter what we do or what, whatever we say or whatever. So it's like, why not be like open and honest about it and then open yourself up for that potential to receive something helpful from this other person instead of like feeling so trapped by it. Like, yeah. And then I did want to ask you, you were touching on what the, was it the T or the L in mental, but I want to go over what all of mental for master your mental, the podcast, what uh, the abbreviations stand for and what your new show means. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So master your mental. So the abbreviations in mental. So we got mindset, engagement, nutrition, 
talk about it, accountability and love yourself. And I remember I literally, this new name came to me in a dream. I remember I was literally sleeping. I jumped out of bed. I ran over here. I wrote it down on a piece of paper and my boyfriend's like, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, it's like one in the morning, like go to bed. And I'm just like, I'm like, no, I have to write this down. Like I'm going to forget it. So I wrote it down. And then I was sitting there and I was like brainstorming on it. And I was like, okay, like what are the words that I can use in the acronym? And I'm like, why don't I use the things that helped me come out of this place that I was in and like use that because I really wanted to create the new name just to kind of like infuse like everything that I talk about into one thing. Cause I feel like the name before, uh, which was crooked illness. I love that name, but I feel I like it, it doesn't. Thank you. I just, I just feel like it kind of confuses people a little bit. Cause I feel like some people might come across it and like, I've gotten some questions like, Oh, like, what does it mean? I feel like I just wanted something that was like, you know, like more direct to like understand. Um, and I feel like when you hear mastery mental, you kind of think, okay, like mental mindset, health, something like that. It's more like you kind of get it. Cause I feel like with the other name, like you kind of got to think about it more and be like, all right, like, you know, and I feel, I feel like also at the same time, like it did kind of have like a more of like a negative connotation just cause like the crooked part. But I, I was like, all right. Uh, and I was sitting there, I was like, okay, like, let me think about this new name. So I really decided to do the acronym just because, um, all those pieces are so important to me. So when you talk about mindset, you know, first of all, like the first letter of the acronym for me that I had to do so much work in terms of like resetting my mindset. Cause I spent so long, like trapped in this place of negative self-talk and really just basically being my biggest bully on myself. So I had to kind of you know, reset that piece. And then the E for engagement, um, to me is kind of like being engaged in continuing to make your mental health a priority. So like actively like doing these things, right. That help you out and, and, and staying with that support system and staying with that morning routine and staying on top of these things and just really engaging with it. Cause I feel like for me, like you know, when I was like pretty passive with it and like, wasn't really making it a priority is when I struggled at struggled my most with that. And then the N obviously for nutrition, um, I talk about, you know, nutrition in terms, not in just in terms of food, but also in sleep, because the way you nourish your body, like with what you eat and how you sleep. And that was definitely, I used to struggle like so much in that area a lot. So I'm like, I need to include this. And then we're onto the T. So talk about it. That is kind of ties into, you know, right. Like it says, right. So talking about what you're experiencing, whether that's in therapy or with, you know, people you trust or who are close to closest to you. And then we got a is for accountability, um, which basically means to me is like having someone or something in place that like holds you accountable, right? Like with what you're doing and what you're working towards and all those pieces as well. And then we got love yourself, which is like, cause I'm super big into like the self-love, the self-love stuff and all that kind of stuff. Cause I know that has definitely helped me a hundred percent really kind of transition out of that place. So that is the acronym broken down for the, the master mental and kind of like a little, little story on kind of how it came to me. <laughs> I love that. That's so funny that it, like, it's so funny that I feel like we get like some of our greatest ideas, like in the middle of the night or like yeah. when we're going to sleep, I don't like, it always happens to me too. Like I'll think of something. So now I have to leave like a, like a post-it notes or like something. And like my therapist had recommended it because it does, it will keep me up at night because I'm like always going, going, going. So sleep for me is very, has always been a challenge. Um, I would love to know how you 
mastered that or like worked on like your sleep hygiene because whenever I go to bed, I mean, my mind, it's just like, it does not turn off. And Mm -hmm. that's definitely been a constant struggle. Oh my gosh. Okay. So what has really helped with me on this and just completely changed the game for me is getting off my phone. (laughs) Cause I can tell you, like, I literally used to just sit there and just like, all right, let's check the emails. Let's go on, you know, Instagram now, Facebook. Now we're on TikTok. Now we're over here. And it's like, you just spend so much time. And it's like, you know, that is really what kept me up because I had a really hard time just like going to bed at a certain time. Like I would always say to myself, like, oh, like I would love to be able to go to bed at like 11 and get up at like 6 a.m. and be like one of those people who's like out for a morning run, like early. And just, I'm like, I want to do, I want to be like that. But it was hard for me because I was so, I I was just so used to distracting myself with my phone and kind of, you know, all these different things and like having racing thoughts and things like that. So what has really helped me is like putting that away. And what I like to do now is I'll read before I go to bed. So I'll have a book and like, I'll set it over here and I'll just kind of read like five pages or whatever. And like, and that's what really honestly like helps like put me to sleep. Cause I feel like, like I kind of get tired. Cause you're like basically like already base- ready to go to bed. And I feel like I've kind of like reset my clock. Cause I used to go to bed like at, it was probably like at like one or sometimes like two in the morning and I would get up and I would, I'd be like, okay, like I would get up at like nine or sometimes 10. And I just did not like it. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I just feel like I'm wasting like so much of the day. Like I'm, I'm missing all the whole morning. Like I'm like, I don't, I'm not even awake for it. Cause I'm like tired all the time. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, what do I need to do? So that's when I like looked at like, cause I'm really big on lists, like making lists and stuff like that. So I took a piece of paper and I'm like, okay, what, what do I do? what, what, what are all the things that are keeping me up? Like, why can't I go to bed? You know, like what's going on with this? So I started to write things down and then I was like, all right, so I need to put my phone away. First of all, like in the other room, like not near my bed where I'll just grab it. And like, let's go look at whatever TikTok is on right now or whatever I'm doing. So I'm like, put that away. And then I started reading. And then now I feel like because I get up earlier, like I like to get, I get up at like seven or like sometimes six 30. Like I, it, I, I feel like I'm tired earlier now. Cause I've kind of like reset that clock for a while. So now kind of like I'm, I'm, it's easier for me to fall asleep. Cause I, I get up. So I get up earlier now than I used to, but for sure, like a big part of that was putting my phone away. So that's kind of what I would tell people as a tip. Like if you have a hard time with that, um, just kind of make a list or like, look at what you're doing. Like, what are you doing that you think is like, keeping you up or like making it hard for you to sleep? Like, what are you thinking about? Like, what are your thoughts right now? Like write it down. Um, or just talk to someone, you know, about it, like talk to someone, you know, and trust about it and say, Hey, listen, like, what do you do to go? I mean, or maybe if you know someone who like goes to bed early or like gets up, like, what did they do? You know, like try to like get some information from them on that. Like, well, how do you go to bed so early? Or like, how do you, how do you do that? You know, like, that's what I love to do is just kind of like ask questions. Um, cause I feel like it always helps like teach me something at the end of it. So yeah, I would definitely say, put your phones away, uh, if you're trying to get some good sleep, uh, earlier. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a huge, huge reader. So reading does, it like makes my eyes tired, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I literally woke up with my Kindle on the floor next to my bed this morning. <laughs> I like fell asleep reading. Um, <laughs> so yeah, reading is always a good And it's just like, I feel like kind of like a stress reliever, relaxing, just like nice. So yeah, I 
setting up like a bedtime routine is definitely important. I need to work more on like defining that routine, but I have the reading part down, so I'll take it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that you also bring up that point of like working on the bedtime routine. Cause I feel like for me, like I need to work more on that too. <laughs> Cause I feel like I'm better like the morning, you know, even though I used to not be a morning person, you guys, like I used to hate mornings. Like I was such a night owl and like, I love like being up at night and like, you know, I used to, but, but also kind of like, that was also what was also pretty unhealthy about me too, is like, I would want to go out all the time. Like, I'm like, let's go out, let's go, you know, over here, let's go to this bar, let's go. And it's like, I would just spend all my time really at night doing that. And I would get, and I would get up in the, the next day and I'd feel like terrible, you know, no one wakes up from like going out all night and is like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I feel so refreshed and like ready to go. I mean, some people do, some people do, but I'm not one of them for Me sure. Either. No, definitely not. But yeah. And I think it's, I don't know, just figuring out what those routines are and how they work for you and how you can incorporate them in your day to day is super, super important, whether it's waking up and going for a run, which is absolutely not us <laughs> writing in your journal or like, you know, whatever it might be having, like starting and making a good, healthy breakfast. Like I eat a bagel every morning for breakfast. I'm trying to start eating eggs. Like I'm just like, just like the things, you know, and it's, it's hard because it's like easy for me to just like literally put a bagel on the, like the toaster and like go about my day. (laughs) And I feel like it's easier to say it too. Like I want to do this. And then it's like, when it comes time to do it, we're like, maybe later, you know, maybe I'll do that. (laughs) That is me a hundred percent. Always me. I'm like, okay, I'll edit this episode today. And then I'm like, maybe tomorrow. And then it's like, Oh, well, I need to release this tomorrow. So now I have to edit it tonight. Like type shit. I love it. I would love to ask you one final question. What is one failure that you've had that has led you to success? Oh my gosh. I, I love that question. And I feel honestly, like looking back one failure that I feel like that's led me to success is really, um, I guess like not, I guess I can't really call it a failure, but just, I saw, I used to see my hospitalization as a failure, um, just because I was like, man, like I really like, wasn't able to like get this under control on my own. Like I had, I had to be in that place. So at the time, like I really saw that as a failure. I was like, this is like something like, I don't want to share with anyone because people are going to be like, wow. Like, like, you know, it's like you tell someone, Hey, like, nice to meet you. Like, you know, I used to be in a psych ward and you know, it's like just a little bit about me and people might be like, what? Like, cause I feel like sometimes people can hear that and, and be like, wow, like, what happened to you? Like, you know, like, why were you there? And, but now I, now I see it as a success, as a weird in a kind of weird way, kind of see it as a success because I feel like without that period of my life, like, I don't know where I would be, you know, I probably would still be in a very dark place because I still, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that wake up call that really helped me say, like, realize like, wow, you know, because I remember being in the hospital and looking around, like, cause they take you to a place. So it's the urgent psychiatric center basically before they like transport you to a hospital. Cause they have to have a bed available and a lot of the places don't. So you either are waiting, um, or they just let you leave. And I remember being there and just looking around and seeing like things that I've never seen before. Like I, I was so not used to being in an environment where there is 
everyone is in a state of crisis. Like everyone is in such a state of chaos and like pain and hurt and all of these things. And it's every person in that room. And I was like, and I feel like I'm a very, um, like I can sense like people's energies really well. And like when, when, like, cause I feel like even in general, like, you know, like not everyone's out in the open, like walking around, like crying and like screaming at people. Right. Like not everyone does that. So like when you're in a room where that's all you're seeing, it really impacted me and showed me like, wow, like, like I, like I, it was a lot for me. Like, honestly, like it, I had a panic attack cause I was, it was really hard to process that and like feel safe at all just like in that environment because I kept like I would see people you know fighting and like throwing things and like just like screaming at like each other or like the staff or like the staff screaming at and just like seeing all this stuff happening I was like I was like I don't know how I'm ever going to get better I remember seeing that and like just seeing that as a failure like I'm like I'm a failure because I'm in here and like I don't know if I can like get better. I'm like, that's so sad. Like that's terrible. And now like looking back on it, I'm so happy I had that because it really showed me that like people are struggling and like mental health is a big deal. And that really showed me like the extent, like to how things can get, like if your mental health is ignored or like, isn't taken care of, or it's not made a priority, like these things can happen. And it just made me wake up and say, wow, like, I need to start taking care of this. Like, I mean, I'm like, I have two options, right? I could either continue living my life the way that I'm living it, uh, which is like completely unhappy and miserable and sad, stressed out, like not dealing with anything or my traumas or anything, or I could try to start somewhere. I could try to like take the steps towards, you know, opening up in therapy, like take the steps towards working on like myself and my habits and all these things. So I decided I want to do that. So, yeah, so that's probably the biggest uh, thing that I used to view as a huge failure, but has really kind of like really honestly helped me out the most, you know, looking back on it. Yeah. Something you said that I found really interesting is that when you were like in the hospital and you said you were like looking around and you like realized like, okay, all these other people are struggling, like people who are listening, like you are not alone. I think that's for me also in my journey, I had to realize like, okay, like other people went through similar things that I've been through. It's not just me. And maybe like the community that we're in, like there isn't really anyone that you can relate to there in said community, like where you live or your friends or like whatever. But like there are other communities and other places where people can relate to things that you have been through. And I think finding those communities and reaching out to people in those communities have made such a difference for me personally. I'm not going to speak for you, but I'm going to say probably for you too. (laughs) Um, I mean, that to me has made all the difference. Um, And I, you know, didn't really come to this realization till like within this last year, like pretty recently. Yeah. So that really stuck out to me. And I think it's important that people know that it might feel like you're alone, but you're not. There's absolutely someone out there who can relate to what you're feeling or what you're going through. So I really encourage anyone to like find a group or a Facebook community or a clubhouse group or a NA meeting or whatever it might be, whatever like works for your guys's schedule or like your journey, your pathway, whatever works for you guys. I cannot recommend that enough. 
Yes, a hundred percent. I love that. And I just really love being here today and like getting into this conversation with you. Like this was so much fun and you guys, you probably already know this, but Emily's amazing. So I just want to thank you. And of course, just thank you for like having me come on. And I'm excited because right after this, she is coming on my podcast. So we're doing back to back podcast today. And I love this conversation. I love what you're doing. I love, I just love all of it. So I'm just grateful to be here today. Thank you, Paris. No, this has been amazing. And yes, we're doing a back-to-back podcast today. I'm really excited to be on your show too. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll link all of Paris's websites, her socials, everything you need to know about her in the show notes. And I will talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us today on this episode. And hopefully we could put this lesson into layman's terms. See you guys next episode.